Blog Talk Radio. Hello there and welcome to the Michael Calderon Show. We're so glad you could join us. And um, if you can believe it, it is already December 12th. That's right. It is already December 12th. So we thank you for tuning in to the Michael Calderon Show. And uh, hopefully you're, uh, you're getting ready for, for the holidays and the very soon-to-be end of the new year, or rather end of the old year and the start of the new year. Yes, 2020. We're going into a new decade. So um, a lot to do. I'm sure you have a list and a list for the list of so many things you know, to do before the holidays. So I want to tell you about our special guest that's coming in. And uh, and let me mention that uh, my co-host, Vanessa, is under the weather. So she was unable to join us this evening. So we do hope that uh, that she gets better. There's definitely, uh, definitely a bug going around here in South Florida. So um, I know she's tuning in. She'll probably be texting a few questions, but... Uh, uh, Vanessa, get well. So let me tell you about uh, today's special guest. Uh, Dr. Pamela Ab- Abramson Levine is a pediatric and maternal family practice, non-force chiropractor, and internationally board-certified lactation consultant located in Santa Monica, California. She earned her Bachelor of Sciences degree in Physiological Sciences and Kinesiology from UCLA and her Dr. Chiropractic California University of Health Sciences. She received her lactation consultant education at UC San Diego. Um, and Dr. Dr. A, as we call her, specializes in directional non-force technique adjustments, a very gentle and effective method of realigning the body to decrease pain and to regain optimal biomechanical and neurological function. She's also certified in the Webster technique, and we'll be learning more about that. But it is essentially a system for adjusting and properly aligning the pregnant pelvis and its associated structures in order to improve childbirth outcomes. And this is something that we're really excited to hear about. Uh, She's passionate about helping new mothers and their babies in their breastfeeding journeys. She also incorporates nutritional counseling, therapeutic exercise, herbal medicine, principles of Ayurveda, homeopathy, and other natural healthcare methods into caring for her adult and pediatric patients. She is the mother of two teenage children, and she has been in practice since 1993. So um, we're, really, we're really happy to, uh, to have her with us today. And uh, hopefully you, if, if you've missed any previous episodes, you know, you can always go to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Michael Calderon show, and you can listen to previous shows. You can download them as well. Um, and regards to uh, to our friends in the UK, Danielle Morgan and John Merrigan. Uh, they were previously they previously been on the show, um, and uh, and they sent some new music. So we're happy about that, and and I hope that you continue to follow their career. They've really, they've really done quite a bit, and uh, and now with this latest uh, movie that's been that's been produced, they did the music for Love in the Harbor. So um, 
we're really excited for them as well. I also want to give a shout out to Patty Silva Marcus in New York City, long time, long time friend and uh, and mentor. So uh, my regards to her as well. Um, she definitely had an impact on me. So uh, I just want to say thank you. So without further ado, we're going to bring uh, Dr. A on and uh, and hear about everything that she's been doing. Pamela, how are you today? Pamela, can you hear us? Okay, we are not hearing her. So I am not sure what's going on. She appears to be connected, but uh, we are not hearing her. So we're gonna we're gonna try to definitely get her connected, and um, you know now is a time. You know we just went over the Thanksgiving holiday, and um, so much to uh, to be thankful for, and. You know, that's uh, it's something that should not only be done uh, during Thanksgiving. You know, as far as I see it, Thanksgiving is a time that we should be that we should be practicing on a daily basis because that's, uh, you know, Thanksgiving is important. And I want you to think about the people that have had an impact in your life. You know, and I think we can all sit back and reflect on on different people that have had an impact on our life. And, you know, it'd be nice to drop them a line. Maybe you haven't heard from them. Maybe you haven't connected. Uh, I did that recently with Patty, uh, sent her a message, and we've reconnected, um, you know, trying to connect with people from my past that had an impact. And um, particularly those that are that are educators, you know, we never really realize how much impact educators have on students. And, you know, I can look back and see all the, all the folks that, uh, that I've gone to school with, you know, elementary school, and we're still in touch with each other. And, uh, you know, to see all their success and their accomplishments. And we all, we all agree that it is because uh, of the teachers that really impacted us. So, you know, we're really, really happy about that. And, and, and it's a time for us to really be thankful about that. So, you know, as, as we're during the holiday season, think about people that have touched your life. And, you know, maybe it was one time, maybe it was a few times, maybe it was a span of time. Um, I know that some of the people that have impacted my life are no longer alive and I wish I could pick up the phone and call them. So just, you know, think about that. Think about that. We're going to connect uh, Dr. A right now because we do have her. And I'm sorry about the Hello. Uh, the issues. Hey there. How are you? Okay. I'm doing well. I'm sorry about the technology snafu. <laughs> it happens. That's life. Yeah. So I, I did I did go over your bio your impressive yes. and extensive bio. And Thank the you. one I could thing hear I hear you. Oh, okay. You just couldn't hear Yeah, I could hear everything you were saying, but then when I when you said that I was on, I could tell you couldn't hear me, so then I went to plan B and called in instead. All right, perfect. 
Thank you so much. Now, the one thing I didn't share with the listeners was something that you just did recently. You want to share that with us? Oh, yes. I was just a TED speaker at an event here in Southern California called TEDx Delthorne Women. And I spoke about chiropractic care for pregnancy, birthing, and the postnatal uh, period. It will be on YouTube in about four to six weeks. The video will be up posted with my other 14 cohorts who also spoke at the event about many different topics. And it was an honor and a really exhilarating experience to be a TED speaker. Wonderful. Congratulations to you. Thank you. And now you can add to the list that you've been on the Michael Calderon show. (laughs) I can indeed. I can indeed. (laughs) So, you know, there's so many questions. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) And and there's so many questions that I have for you. And, um, you know, I I also shared um, your bio and, and the link with, with several people I know who are pregnant because I know one of the things that you do has to do with the Webster technique. And, Mm -hmm. and that's really, you know, when I first heard about it, when um, Dr. Elizabeth Sarah told me about it and uh, she is, she is our common thread that has yes, connected us indeed. over the years, you know, uh, when she told me about that, that blew me away because so many pregnant women in today's day and age undergo a C-section and mm-hmm. it sounded like in talking with her and with you, it sounded like in some of those cases that could actually be prevented. Yes, that's true. Um, Without giving away too much of my TED Talk, the cesarean (laughs) section rate in the United States is about 32%. And the World Health Organization states that the maximum rate for cesarean section should be 15%. So it's more than double what the World Health Organization research has found it should be in the United States, it's more than double that rate. So that's definitely a problem. Um, a lot of, a lot of the cesarean sections that take place in the United States, surgical deliveries are really not necessary. We have a very highly medicalized model for giving birth here in the United States, whereas many other places they let it be the physiological process that it is. And with the more interference there is, the more likely we are to have more interference. So for instance, if your doctor says, oh, we're going to induce you, then if you're induced, you have a much higher chance of having an epidural because it's more painful when you're induced because the way Pitocin works is not the same way that natural oxytocin works. So, if you have Pitocin, which is artificial oxytocin, it, doesn't, it also doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier. So one of the things that oxytocin, natural oxytocin does, 
is it helps prepare both the baby's brain and the mother's brain for this transition from baby being in the womb to baby being out of the womb, from being a pregnant woman to being a mommy. So that doesn't occur with Pitocin. Um, And when you have natural oxytocin, natural oxytocin in the first stage of labor, which is the dilation stage, which is when the cervix is dilating, there are two different types of fibers in the uterus. There's longitudinal, which go the long way, and there's circumferential, which go around, like circle. And the circle fibers are the ones that help with the dilation. In the first stage of labor, natural oxytocin only binds and only contracts the, the circumferential, the, the around fibers to help with dilation. And in second stage labor, when the baby's being pushed out or expelled, the natural oxytocin switches and only binds to the longitudinal, the long fibers that help push the baby out. When you use artificial pitocin, all fibers are activated through the entire labor, making it much more painful. So that's, that's one of the things where you start in, when you use induction, you're going to be more likely to need an epidural or, and other pain relief than if you just had a natural birth. Right. So, so how does the technique work? So when a woman discovers that she's pregnant, there's several things that are starting to happen in her body. And one of the things is that her ligaments are becoming more relaxed in all of her body because the pelvis has to widen in order to have the baby pass through. So as all these changes are happening, sometimes the body just isn't staying in proper alignment. And some people, they just weren't in proper alignment even before they got pregnant. So once you are pregnant, if you haven't been going prior to go to see a doctor of chiropractic who's certified in the Webster technique can help get the pregnant pelvis and all the structures that are associated with it, including the uterus and the round ligaments of the uterus, including different muscles that have to do with the movement and function of the pelvis into the proper alignment so that you can have the best pregnancy, labor, and birthing experience possible. And that also helps the baby to be in a good position. When the pelvis is aligned properly, the baby can be in a better position. And that can help decrease cesarean sections and other uh, interventions. So if someone is going to see a doctor of chiropractic for for this type of, of treatment, it should be someone who is certified in the Webster technique. Correct. Correct. The Webster technique is specific for the pregnant pelvis. So those of us who are certified in the Webster technique have learned about all the different structures in the pelvis and the uterus and how they all come together biomechanically, physiologically, and how to analyze it to make sure that everything is align properly and how how to do the analysis and how to do the corrections to keep that pelvis and its associated structures in the best alignment so that we can have the most pleasant pregnancy, laboring, and birthing experience possible. And, you know, I'm sure, I mean, I had not heard of this. So I'm, I'm sitting here thinking that I'm sure if more pregnant women 
and their families and partners knew about the Webster technique as a possible treatment that could prevent a C-section, that they would be jumping for it. I would think uh, so. Yes. Um, I mean, but I don't. Think I mean, well you're a, you're a mom. You're a mom of two mm-hmm. teenage children. Yes. Right. Yes, I am. So, do you recall? And 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 maybe you're not a good example because I was going to say, do you recall hearing about this back then? Well, yes, of course. I, I, of course, she did. Because right. This was my profession. Right. Um, but. I, I, it was and a trick I was question. already, yeah, <laughs> I was already taking care of other patients, you know, using the Webster technique at that point too. So right. I'm definitely a little bit outside of the of the bell shaped curve. <laughs> right, <laughs> on, right. Uh, knowing about Webster technique, but I do know that when I talk to people about it, a lot of people are like, "Oh, I never heard of that," or or some people are like, "Oh, I wish I knew about that when I was pregnant." So it's definitely something that's not well-known, as well-known as we'd like it to be. I think it's now more well-known than back when I first started practicing 26 years ago. But it's still not well-known enough. And, you know, the mainstream conventional medical establishment, um, I don't know if they know about it enough or if they would, you know, just kind of poo-poo it a little and not really give it the – proper credence that it needs or the proper kudos that it right. needs. But, right. you know, because there's always that. Um, because the mainstream conventional medical establishment, the practitioners get paid more when they do more. So, you know, it's what's in, even though I'm not saying they're all like only looking out for themselves. Sure, I'm not saying sure. That at all. But there is, you know, when they're trained, how they're trained, they're trained to do, to be surgeons. So when you train to be a surgeon, you're going to be looking at things from a more surgical lens than if you're, let's say, a midwife who is trained to look at birth in a physiologically normal way. Or if you're like me, I'm a doctor of chiropractic and I'm a doula and I'm a childbirth educator. So I'm also, I really look at birth as a physiologically normal function of a woman's body. And how can we make that body in the best possible shape? that it can perform its functions the best to its ability. Right. So do, that's do you have, that I look at it. Right. And, and do you have any idea um, the percentage or number of chiropractic physicians that are actually certified in the Webster technique? I is, don't know is the that, number. Okay. I do know that you can go to the the International um, Chiropractic Pediatric Association, ICPA, uh, they have their website and they are the, they are the governing body that certifies Webster technique. So if you need to find somebody in your area, if you're not in the Los Angeles area and you want to find somebody that does this, you can go to ICPA, the number four, the word kids, ICPA4kids.com. And you should be able to find somebody that is certified in Webster Technique in your area. Okay, ICPA number four and the word kids dot com to find someone Correct. who is uh, to find a chiropractic physician that is certified in the Webster Technique. And yes, 
is it accurate for me to say that if a baby is breached, that it's possible to actually reverse that to avoid a C-section? Is is that correct in my understanding? That That is correct. Oftentimes, if the pelvis is not properly aligned and we use the Webster analysis and adjusting technique, we can get the pelvis into a better alignment that makes the baby want to be back in the head down position. So it, it can help a baby to turn. It's not only about that. It's really about having the pelvis in the best position so that physiologically normal best birth outcomes can exist because the nervous right. system is correct. The alignment is correct. And yes, oftentimes, many times, if the baby is head up and we use the Webster technique, especially if we do it, um, before 30 weeks, then we can almost always get the baby to turn if it's before 30 weeks. That's amazing. To me, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, and and I'm sure that it's information that re- it really needs to get out there, particularly amongst pregnant women and I think amongst, you know, uh, obstetricians and, and midwives, mm-hmm. et cetera. But I guess... That's kind of twofold because you'd have to have them kind of buy into the idea that mm-hmm. it's going to work, it's safe, it's effective. And and I think that many physicians um, still are hesitant when it comes to chiropractic medicine. Yeah, there are some that are, especially some that are a little more old school and don't really know that much about my profession. Um, You know, so that definitely can be a bit of an obstacle, but there are some that are, you know, open and that, and some that refer to me, even there are some that I've had, you know, I've gotten referrals from some, you know, very, very conventional OBs. Um, But most of them, if I get, if I'm getting referrals from them, even though they're, within that mainstream conventional medical establishment, they have a more open mind and a more open view and understanding that my profession can help in ways that theirs cannot. And of course I respect that. Yes, there are times like 15%, you know, at maximum, but there are times when those C-sections save moms and babies. And those are the times when we're very grateful that they exist and that the skills that the physicians have to do them have those skills. But when they're right, overused absolutely. and used unnecessarily, that's when we're like, okay, you know, we're we're doing interventions that do have consequences, and they weren't really necessary. That's when we say that. Right, and I do want to mention uh, to the listeners: if you have a question, you want to call in, you can call in nine two nine four seven seven one seven eight five. That's nine two nine four seven seven. 1785. And if you want to connect via the internet and actually listen to the show, you can go to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Michael Calderon show. We are on the air right now. It is a live show. So um, if you have a question and you want to, uh, to speak to the doctor, then you can certainly do that. So how many how many pregnant women would you say you have treated thus far with 
the Webster technique? Oh, gosh, that's pretty hard for me to estimate. I've been in practice 26 okay. years. Um, I've been doing Webster technique for 25 of those years. Wow. Um, yeah. You've been practicing so that technique a long time. Yeah. So it's hard for me to say um, how many pregnant women I've treated. Okay. I mean, I've treated, and, and not every single pregnant woman I've treated has necessarily had a, a baby that was diagnosed as being breech. I've just right. been adjusting them. Sometimes I adjust them from the beginning of their pregnancy, and, and the point there is more to prevent any any issues from coming up, you know, to hopefully Correct. keep the pelvis aligned so that the baby wants to stay head down. Um, and I've give and I give the pregnant women also some exercises to do at home specifically to keep their pelvis aligned in between adjustments and to keep their uh, pelvic floor and abdominal muscles in the right functioning for their pregnancy and, and labor and birth. And gosh, I, I don't know how many I've seen that are pregnant over okay. the years. It's hard for me to estimate. Fair enough. So, it's like when someone yeah. asks me how many couples have you married, you know. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. You know, over 20 yeah. years, there's I a mean, lot. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the time I've worked part time, like when my kids were little. You know, I I was working more part time, but I don't know. I, that's a. I'll have to maybe go back in the archives and see. <laughs> that's right. <Yeah>. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> And 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 where do you where does the the homeopathy and other natural hair uh, healthcare methods come in with treating patients? That's a good question too. So my overall lens and philosophy for my treatment is let's always try the least invasive, most conservative way of treating first. Because we right. can always get more invasive and less conservative if we need to. I mean, of course, Correct. obviously, if someone had a terrible trauma and they need to go to the ER because they're bleeding or they, you know, that's a whole other issue, of course. Then we want to be as aggressive as possible. But for most people, we want to start the most least invasive and most conservative way. And one of the things I love, like you mentioned homeopathy, is that it is a very conservative, very non-invasive way of helping the body to heal. So for instance, if I, let's say a patient is seeing me and they're having some digestive issues, whether they're pregnant or not pregnant, homeopathy is a great uh, choice because there's no side effects. There's no harm that can be done to a fetus if you're pregnant. There's no like drug interactions or anything like that that can happen with homeopathy. When you take a homeopathic remedy, it's either going to work and help your body eliminate the symptoms or the whatever's aggravating it, or it's just going to go through your body and do nothing. So that's one of the things I really love about it is that I don't have to worry like, Oh, this person can get worse or get aggravated or it can interact with something else that they're taking that their MD prescribes because it, it, it won't do that. So Let's go back to our example of someone who's having digestive issues. So I would take yeah, and, and let me. I'm, I'm sorry. Let, let me okay. just interject one sec. I apologize, just because uh, okay. I am on I am on Facebook Live, and I know that um, some folks have have sent messages. 
that they can't hear you. And the point is they need to click on the link in my post to actually connect to the show so that they can hear they can hear both sides of the conversation. I should have mentioned okay. that. So um <laughs> Because they can hear me, some can barely hear you, but some cannot hear you. So it's important okay. to know, if you want to listen to the show, you can call in right now. You can actually call in at 929-477-1785, 929-477-1785, or click on the link in my Facebook post, and that will connect you to the show also. So um, I just, uh, I'm sorry that I had to interrupt but I did, I did yeah. want to say that. Uh, hi to Bob. Hi to Nanette. Hi, Chevette. Nancy. Shari. Nancy. There's two Nancys. Dean. Talita. Mm-hmm. Khalil. Michael. And uh, Sergio. Adriana. Darcy. Ryan. Um, it's so good. So good that you guys are tuning in. Um, okay. Back to you, Doc. I okay, I hope everyone can hear me now. No, it's okay. I hope everyone can hear me now. Uh, yes, you're hearing yes. me fine, obviously. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so oh, I was just saying about some things about homeopathy. And yes. That it's which, I, which I'm a firm believer in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, a great, it's a great way of helping the body heal in a very conservative, l- low invasive way. And like I was saying, there's like, as an example, a patient who is having digestive issues. So this patient would come in, I would take a very thorough health history to find out what's going on with them and, and what their exact symptoms are. And then once I got all that information, I would of course adjust their body I would do a physical exam and figure out where they needed to be adjusted a lot of times with the digestive system we're looking at the mid to lower thoracic spine because that's where the nerves that go to all the organs of digestion are located so I would digest those areas adjust adjust those areas and then I would say okay let's see what else we can do for this person Um, I would ask them to submit to me a food diary for several days and then I would also be able to say, okay, well, let's take a look at what you're eating. Let's make some changes. And I'm a big fan of the saying, something's better than nothing. Because yes. a lot of times you want to change somebody's diet and they go, oh, well, it's too scary. And I'm like, okay, yeah, we don't I have agree. to make giant changes all at once. Let's make small baby steps. And it's something's better than nothing. Because if you try to do too much at once, it sometimes backfires. So. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that something's better than nothing approach. There are some patients who are like, nope, I'm all in, I'm diving in. And with them, I'm fine with that. But with most people, it's very hard to make a lot of changes at once. So I'm, I like to tweak it slowly, something's better than nothing. And then I may say to them, okay, well, based on everything I'm finding out about you, I'm going to recommend the, the homeopathic acidil. So maybe I'll recommend that, for example. I may also look and recommend some digestive enzymes. Sometimes it's just simply that most of our food is depleted of enzymes because of the agribusiness type of farming that's done. 
it, it depletes the the soil and 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 also some of the genetically modified foods because they're genetically modified. Sometimes what they do to genetically modify them is take some enzymes out so that they have a longer shelf life. And if they take the enzymes out of the food, then that's harder for us to digest it. So digestive enzymes are something that I use with a lot of patients who are experiencing different types of digestive issues. So those are some of the things that we can do that are very non-invasive and don't have any side effects and can really get some good results with people who have digestive issues. Um, A lot's been talked about lately, the gut microbiome, which is inside your digestive system. There are good bacteria that help our bodies with many different functions. And I've been talking to patients for most of my career for 26 years about the importance of probiotics and prebiotics and having the right balance in your body because that helps your immune system as well. Absolutely. And, and you know what, I, um, I've, I've been taking some uh, natural homeopathic probiotics uh, for the past several months. And I'll tell you what, it has made a difference in how I feel. And, 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 and in my overall health and, you know, the, the old adage is true that, you know, you are what you eat. And I know that Mm -hmm. ever since, you know, ever since I've made a change to, um, to really trying to stick to, to foods that are organic and non GMO, um, it's Mm -hmm. really made a difference. And, And my body knows when I'm when I'm taking something that is not organic, it's it's amazing mm-hmm. that your body really becomes fine tuned to that, you know. Um, so uh, you know that really really makes a difference. And I just want to mention again to those that have joined us on Facebook Live, if you want to hear the entire show. And here, uh, you, you may not be hearing the doctor, um, so you need to click on the link in the Facebook post so that you can actually be connected to the show live, or you can call in at 929-477-1785, 929-477-1785. I also uh, sending prayers to my dear friend Patrick Adams and uh, his brother-in-law uh, passed away today, so um, you know prayers are being sent uh, for him and and all those affected. I'm really sorry for your loss. Um, so if you want to connect, you can connect through the Facebook page. You can uh, click on the connect there. You can also go to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Michael Calderon show, and you can also call in at nine two nine. Four seven seven one seven eight five. You can either call in to listen, or if you have a question. Um, and uh, and getting back to probiotics and and kind of the you know the the natural way, if you will, it's made such a difference. I know for so many people, um, mm-hmm. you know, I know I've been to physicians in the past that um, you know have said to me, well, you know, it really doesn't make a difference. You know, uh, mm-hmm. in 2014, mm-hmm. in 2014, I had a tumor in my kidney and, uh, mm-hmm. 
And after it was removed and I went back to see the doctor for follow-up, I was curious about the alkalinity in my body because wow. uh, mm-hmm. because I know the blood work showed that I had high alkalinity. And mm-hmm. he totally dismissed it, totally dismissed what I was wow. what I was getting at, you know, and I did my own research and uh, and I've kept the alkalinity down by, you know, homeopathic supplements. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm a firm believer. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I think yeah. as as skilled of a surgeon he is, I don't think he was well versed on anything else. And I, and I'm not knocking him for it. I'm just saying that no, you know, um, it's sometimes not area. <laughs> it's not his area. It's not it's not his area. Um, but you know, uh, I think we can't discount how uh, a proper proper diet, good nutrition, really you know helps us physically, physically, mentally, and spiritually. And mm-hmm. too, too all, all too often we really discount that, and I think we we need to really put more more credence on that because it really does make a difference. And I think, you know, uh, I enjoy going to my chiropractor, you know, um, mm-hmm. which I just remembered she called me the other day. I haven't called her back, so if she's listening, I promise I'm going to give you a call. Um, and. Uh, <laughs> And she was one of my brides from 2009. Mm-hmm. And she also, you know, practices acupuncture. Another, oh, cool. another great, great method for all kinds of ailments. What has been, what has been your, your passion? What has been your motivating force for what you do, Pam? Um, Gosh, I would I would say a lot of it is my motto is helping you live your healthiest life naturally. So a lot of my motivation is just having seen relatives when I was a child and that have been on lots of different medications and seeing what it's put them through, a lot of the side effects, and just knowing that there's ways to maintain and regain health that you don't have to go through all of those side effects and all of those negative effects. And if we can do things in the most natural way, if we can get adjusted and keep the nervous system functioning properly and eat better foods and digest our food properly because we're well adjusted and because maybe we're taking some enzymes or probiotics, if we can do all of those things, we have such a good foundation and we could maintain and or regain our health Whereas it, it, it's, it's, it's a health-creating paradigm as opposed to the mainstream conventional medical establishment, which has a pathological approach. They, they, they're coming through everything as a sickness care approach. So they're right. looking at your symptoms, at your illness, and how can we get rid of that instead of saying, okay, the body is physiologically made and designed to be healthy. So how can we tap into the body's natural design to be healthy and enhance that? And as a doctor of chiropractic, that's the lens that I'm looking through. I'm not looking at, like, where are your symptoms? What hurts? What's, what's bad? 
and how can I like try to force that away? I'm saying, okay, what's your body's natural state of health and how can we return to that physiologically natural state? What's the best way that we could do that naturally? Makes sense. So that, so that's what I'm passionate def- about. <laughs> yeah, it, it it definitely makes um, sense because it it's it's yeah. looking at the whole system, not the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. And of course, I'm passionate about pregnant and new mommies and their babies because they're just so delightful to work with. They're just creating new life. They are new life, and when you can start at that level and get the mother to understand like, okay, this is what's going to help your baby. um, And this is going to help keep your baby healthy without a lot of external things. And as a lactation consultant, helping them with breastfeeding because of all the immune factors that are in breast milk, that breast milk is compatible with a baby's digestive system. So that's, what's going to help form a great microbiome and a healthy digestive system. So I'm very passionate about that as well, like just really helping uh, pregnant and new moms get off to that right start to get their baby the healthiest start in life. Right. Is it a is it a common um, uh, a common connection for a chiropractor to also be a lactation consultant and to also you know practice things like the Webster technique? Is is that very common? Well, I have to say that I I don't think I know any others that are both a lactation consultant and a chiropractor. I'm sure there probably are some out there, but I haven't met them. So I just okay. took the two things that I'm so passionate about and combine them because as a doctor of chiropractic, I was helping babies to be able to latch better through gently adjusting their cranial bones, gently adjusting their cervical spine and I got a lot of help as a new mom when I had my first child she was born at 35 weeks and six days and she had um, issues with the the muscles of her mouth and not being able to latch well and and we had breastfeeding issues and so internationally board certified lactation consultant IBCLC helped us and so it was always in the back of my mind that maybe someday I would do that and bring that into my tapestry of services and I did and it's been amazing to be able to have both of those sides to be able to adjust the baby and to be able to help the mom with getting that deeper latch and helping her through her issues it's you know just connecting it together like that all the pieces and having more knowledge about breast milk and lactogenesis and how the breasts work when they're lactating in more detail it's been really an amazing coupling of those two things right so it's kind of that personal experience that you had with a lactation consultant that kind of lit that that flame for you in that respect oh for sure oh for sure definitely and, and what drew you to chiropractic medicine well we we, meaning my family, we all know that I was talking about being a doctor from the time I was at least eight years old. And I changed my mind over the years about what type of doctor I was going to be. But the main thing that brought me to chiropractic was when I was in college 
and I was a physiological sciences major at UCLA, and I noticed there was these protests about pharmaceuticals, and I was like, wait, what? What's going on? Why are people protesting pharmaceuticals? And I just found out a lot of unsavory things, let's just say, about the industry, the pharmaceutical industry, and it was shocking to me, and it kind of turned me off, and for the first time since I was eight years old, here I was now like 20, so for the first time in my almost my whole life, I was like, I don't know if I want to be a part of this, and I felt a little bit lost. And I was taking a class that was a technical writing class at the time because you needed to have this class if you were going to go on to graduate school. And the whole class was to write a 20-page thesis about something to do with your major field of study and or your future career. So I was physiological sciences major and kinesiology. And I was also working as a personal trainer and group exercise instructor, which back in those days we called it aerobics instructor, so you can see how old I am. And I (laughs) decided to do my paper on sports injuries, uh, preventions, treatments, and rehabilitation. And so back in those days, you didn't have the Internet, so I went and looked in a newspaper, and I found – a college student, a high school student, and a professional level athlete and wow. that were written up about their injuries. The professional athlete that year was Joe Montana, and he had injured his back quite badly. Back then, he was the quarterback for the 49ers, and he had in- injured his back, and I researched that he was seeing a doctor of chiropractic, and I was like, oh, wow, that's so cool. I, you know, I only had very little uh, experience with the, with chiropractors. And so I wrote a letter to his chiropractor who responded to me and we did a phone interview and all kinds of bells and whistles went off in my brain that this sounds great. He talked a lot about being a drug-free option and helping patients need the least amount of drugs because you're able to keep their body properly aligned and the nervous system functioning properly. And then I went to the biomed library at UCLA and took out books on chiropractic and decided this is my path. I want to do this. And that's how I came to where I am as a doctor of chiropractic. Wow. And, and I I do want to put out your website, which is www.chiropractic-care.com. Again, that's www.chiropractic-care.com dot com and uh and people can also email you at doctor d o c t o r p s a at you guessed it a o l dot com or they can call I'm you also on... yes go ahead they can um I was they can call you at three ten right three ten nine eight nine zero zero five nine they can follow yes. you on Instagram. L.A. Chiropractor. L.A. Chiropractor. And, and on Twitter, I'm Chiropractor L.A. Chiropractor L.A. on Twitter. And there's yes. also a Facebook page. Yes. All Dr. right. Dr. Pamela Abramson-Levine, Family Practice, Non-Force Chiropractor is my Facebook page. Okay, wonderful. And um, I also wanted to share something, and it's and it's on your website, and it 
and it talks about um, a research study that was done. It was a seven-year study that showed that patients whose primary physician was a chiropractor experienced the following results. 60% less hospital admissions, 59% less days in a hospital, 62% less outpatient surgeries, and 85% less in pharmaceutical costs. And this was all by having Mm -hmm. a chiropractic physician as your primary physician. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, those are amazing results. Yes, they are. They're really amazing. Um, I have so much pride in being a doctor of chiropractic and in those types of results. And the the one thing that is a little bit disheartening to me is the healthcare system here in the United States. Really, there's not such great coverage with insurance for chiropractic. There are right. some insurances that ha- that are good, but for the vast majority of people in the United States, their healthcare coverage is not adequate for chiropractic care. So there's a lot less people who will have these benefits of 85% less pharmaceutical drugs. But then again, there's a lot of power in that mainstream conventional medical establishment because of the pharmaceutical industry, which they tend to lose a lot. They, they would stand to lose a lot of money if more people were seeing people like me. So absolutely it's an interesting conundrum. <laughs> it is. And, and I'll tell you, uh, last year I was in Mexico city and in the city and even on the outskirts. And I can tell you I counted at least four or five homeopathic hospitals in and around Mexico City. I haven't found or heard of a homeopathic hospital in the United States. It's it's interesting you should bring that up because actually right now the FDA is trying to put more limitations on homeopathic remedies. And, um, oh, let me see if I can find it. But there's there's a link that you can go to to comment and say, you know, please don't limit our, homeop- our homeopathy. Um, uh, because the FDA is trying to limit it and is trying to decrease people's access to it. And right now they are considered more supplements so right. they're not regulated and overseen as much by the FDA, and the FDA is trying to hone in on it. And, of course, we're, if, if that does happen, we'll probably see is pharmaceutical companies trying to patent these, these remedies that have been around for you know hundreds of years and available through people who have been trained in homeopathy, and, we'll, and it will – jack up the prices and change the whole industry. So, um, darn, I can't find the link, but it, it's something that the FDA is right now trying to change the whole industry. So right. it's pretty scary, actually. Yeah, and, you know, here in Florida, um, we previously had uh, a doctor of naturopathy 
license mm-hmm. in the state of Florida. And the state had, you know, through some legislation, decided to do away with that. And there was one doctor that was left that was licensed here as a as a naturopath. And uh, mm-hmm. that person has retired. So that was the last naturopath here in, in the state, in of, the state Florida. of Florida. Yep. Wow. That's a shame. So we no longer have that license, and it's illegal to practice naturopathy. Wow. That's so interesting to me because back in – I don't know the year exactly. I know it was somewhere in either the late 70s or early 80s because we studied it when I was in chiropractic school in the 90s. There was um, a lawsuit from the chiropractors against the AMA, and it was under the the Sherman Antitrust Act, which was sometime during the, the turn of the 20th century, which was against monopolies. So it was a, an act that became law through Congress that said, okay, you can't have a monopoly. And right. the AMA was using their power to not allow good insurance coverage for chiropractors, to you know, disparage our reputations, and really try to just discourage people from seeing doctors of chiropractic. And there was a lawsuit, and the doctors of chiropractic actually won against the AMA in this lawsuit because it was wow. trying to monopolize. It was found that they were trying to monopolize healthcare. And now you, you fast forward; it's been you know over 30 years, you know probably close to 40 over 40 years since that lawsuit, and we're still seeing a lot of that AMA, that you know mainstream conventional medical establishment really trying to not allow other types of approaches to help. Like you said, right. naturopaths are no longer in Florida. I'm telling you, actually, I found the link. I'm going to text it to you for that FDA uh, information with the homeopathy. So we just see a lot of the powers that be in mainstream conventional medical establishment trying to limit the access to other approaches to health that are not mainstream. So it's, yeah. it's very interesting to me. And and yeah. I really hope that we keep fighting the fight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know that uh, there's even, uh, there's been a turf battle here in Florida uh, for the longest time between nurse practitioners and physicians. Um, because, you know, currently under Florida statutes, a nurse practitioner still needs a supervising physician. And, mm-hmm. you know, many of them are, are fighting that because they want to be able to practice independently and independently mm-hmm. of a supervising physician. Mm-hmm. And and there are several nurse practitioners that do have private practices, but they still have a supervising physician that they're in contract with that's supposed to review all of their, you know, their records and their, their treatment plans, mm-hmm. et cetera. But, but mm-hmm. it's still, it's still quite the battle. And, you know, I think the, the physician lobby has uh, more political clout and money than, than the nurses. Um, mm-hmm. And clearly they had more 
than the naturopaths because we oh, have no sure. more in Florida, <laughs> you know. Um, I would love to see a homeopathic hospital open in the United States. I don't know no, that no, we'll ever see that, it. though. And yeah. how is it that, you know, in Mexico, again, in and around Mexico City, I counted four or five homeopathic hospitals. And how is it that here in the United States, we're supposed to be one of the most advanced countries in the world, and we don't have, you know, a homeopathic hospital, at least not one that I'm aware of? Well, that goes down to the pharmaceutical lobby. The pharmaceutical lobby spends more than gas and oil combined. So that's saying a lot because fossil fuels is the second largest lobby. Pharmaceuticals is the number one lobby. They spend more money lobbying than any other industry. So just think about what what that does to the laws that we have in this country. If this is who's paying money to our politicians, then what policies will they be putting in place? They want to keep that gravy train rolling. They're going to make policies that are going to make them happy. So when right. they're getting when they're getting lobby money and and campaign money from pharmaceutical industry, they're going to pass policies that favor that industry. Just, right. Absolutely. Just, yeah. <laughs> so. Absolutely. So unfortunately, now, now there are there are some there are some some top you know hospitals that that push uh, some alternative medicine, but I haven't been able to find one that you know that is completely homeopathic. Right. So I'm I'm gonna right. so, I'm gonna be yeah. on the search for that, and and I I hope that I'm wrong, but. <laughs> I I have a feeling that there is not a completely homeopathic hospital in the United States. I just don't yeah, think I, so. I have not heard of one. I don't know of any in in my area, that's for sure. I know homeopathic practitioners, but not a homeopathic hospital. Right. Right. Yeah, and 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 certainly there are, you know, many osteopaths and you know, here, right here in South Florida, where we are, um, you know, there are universities like uh, Nova University that does have a doctor of osteopathic medicine program. And, mm-hmm. you know, but, but the reality is that even the training, the training is still very close to the MD program. There may mm-hmm. be some slight variations in things. But for the most part, you know, they're going to do their residency at a regular hospital. There isn't, you know, an osteopathic hospital for them to do their residency. So they're still going to learn kind of the mainstream, you know, way of doing yeah. things. Yes, that's um, true. The the osteopathic profession, that's another interesting story. The osteopathic profession used to be a lot more similar to the chiropractic profession and in the 1960s, when they were gaining a lot of momentum and starting to get a little bit of a bigger, so to speak, piece of the healthcare pie, the medical association kind of swallowed them up. They said, oh, come on, let's just, why don't you guys come along and be with us? 
And right. you can still do your ma- manipulation, but, you know, then you'll be more like us. And they sold out and they did become like their licensing is basically under the same medical board as medical doctors. And Correct. they go to the same residency programs. And so their lens has become really a mainstream conventional medical establishment lens. There are some osteopaths that still do osteopathic manipulations and that still look at the body in a little more holistic manner. But the majority are really just the same as a medical doctor. They're, they're really in that same system. So right. it's, it's very interesting how when the mainstream conventional medical establishment starts to see something gaining momentum, they do try to do something about it. And I have to say my maverick profession of doctor of chiropractic, we've resisted, we've resisted the, uh, the pull to just go into their way of doing things. And we've kept with our way of looking at that health creating health centered approach, how the physiologically normal way of the body, the nervous system acting, how we can enhance that instead of looking at where the symptoms and the sicknesses, which we've, we've maintained that. And I'm really proud of my profession for maintaining that and not just saying, okay, we're going to just go along with the status quo. Right. Right. That's wonderful. Well, we're, uh, we're coming to a close and, um, and I want to thank you so much, Dr. Pamela Abramson Levine, for coming on the show. Uh, you've answered a lot of questions. I'm sure that many of the listeners still have questions. We've given out the information on how to reach you. Um, and for those that may have tuned in late, you can listen to the entire show by going to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Michael Calderon show. Uh, this is a show you don't want to miss. So you want to definitely, if, if you didn't, if you haven't been listening from the beginning, you definitely want to um, because Dr. A really has some, some great, great information and tips. Um, and for those who, who may be pregnant or thinking about pregnancy or have a family member or partner who's currently pregnant uh, you definitely may want to reach out to Dr. A uh, to get some advice and some guidance. And and hopefully uh, there is someone in your area, because we have listeners all over the world. So we hope that there's someone in your area that actually is certified in the Webster technique and and practices directional non-force technique adjustments, um, because you could potentially prevent a c-section by by yeah. having an adjustment and notice i said potentially because i'm sure it's not mm-hmm. in all cases but um results may any, vary. Any, any closing remarks from you um yes first i really want to thank you for inviting me to come on today and i also want to remind everybody that my ted talk will be on the tedx youtube channel in about four to six weeks and I will be posting that information on my Facebook page, my Twitter, my uh, Instagram. So if you're not following me now, you should start following me. So you'll be able to see that information when it drops in four to six weeks. Yes, I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing that, that TED Talk that you did. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, of course, if anybody out there wants to ask me more questions, you can get in touch with me through 
social media, my website, et cetera, that Michael gave earlier. And I'm happy to answer questions and hopefully give you direction so that you too can live your healthiest life naturally. Wonderful. Wonderful. And, um, if you like, you can always send a message to us through the show page, and we will gladly forward it to her. So if you don't want to look up anything else, you can send the message to the show page. We will gladly forward it to her. So once thank again, um, doctor, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate Thanks it. For having me. And we're going to be following your career. Uh, I can't believe Thank you've been you. practicing since 93 because um, you you look like you were maybe born in 93. So um, <laughs> Thank you. You're too kind. <laughs> so keep, keep, practicing, keep practicing what you preach because it's obviously working well for you. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. And we thank you so much. And happy holidays to you and your family. To you, too, and your family, too. Thank you, and thank you once again. So that's that's going to be a wrap, folks. We thank you so much for tuning in to the Michael Calderon Show. Uh, again, if you, if you tuned in late or you want to listen to a previous show, go on over to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Michael Calderon Show, and you can listen to a previous show. Um, you can always call us as well at 929-477-1785 at any time when we're, when we're live. And uh, you, can, you can speak to a guest, ask a question, or anything uh, that you like. So um, thank you once again, and uh, happy holidays to you all. And um, we will catch you uh, next time. So let's go to uh, – let's, let's pick – Something by Danielle Morgan, of course, uh, from the UK, across the pond. And uh, Danielle Morgan and John Merrigan, they're going to close us out. All right.